Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder. Proverbial hump day. Glad to have you with us. Yes, we've got boxing on tap this weekend. Unfortunately, it is a huge fight weekend in Las Vegas, but you know what? The crowds aren't going to be here. The crowds will not be in the building of the MGM Grand as we have top-ranked boxing. Saturday night, Vasily Lomachenko, Telefimo Lopez. It is going to be the fight of the year. The biggest fight uh, in that division. Really? Been looking forward to this for quite some time. They're going to be doing it without fans Saturday night, broadcast live on ESPN. Bob Aaron will join us today, promoter extraordinaire, who promotes both Lomachenko and Lopez. Always fun talking to the Hall of Fame promoter. He'll join us a little bit later on. Plus, we've got Major League Baseball. Are we going to have a closeout situation tonight? We'll see between the Astros and the Rays. Rays lead that series three games to none, where the Astros again... Ugh, kind of really hurt themselves with that. And then a little surprising uh, note happening with the Braves taking care of business with the Dodgers. They lead that series two games to none. So, yeah, ballpark Frank in the house. Numchuck on the other side of the proverbial glass. Not really proverbial. I mean real glass. Not just plastic, but real glass. Frank, baseball, unbelievable. Uh, these games have been exciting. You brought it up yesterday. Fans are actually in the stands and watching in Arlington, Texas for the Braves and the Dodgers. And the Dodgers almost pulled off a miracle last night as they found themselves down by a touchdown, 7-0. Then it was 8-3. Here comes the ninth inning. They rally and uh, almost pulled this thing off. Bellinger hits a triple to make it an 8-7 game. And then Bellinger is screaming, yelling, trying to get his guys going. And then A.J. Pollock. Comes to the plate, grounds out to short, ball game, and there it was. And the Braves take a 2-0 lead. So the question is, was the wake-up call for the Dodgers in the ninth inning last night, will it carry over? 
Well, I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, that's why they play the games. We'll see if it does carry over. But uh, you mentioned the, the rally that they did. Obviously started it just a little bit too late. Couldn't quite finish the deal. Uh, I'm just wondering how many people even were watching at the end of it because the Braves had that big lead and everything. And we know how people's attention spans tends to tune out. Uh, you had a football game, which was also kind of a blowout. And, boy, what happened to the Buffalo team that everybody's been talking about so much? Uh, they didn't show up. But, no, the baseball games have been exciting. That was a nice comeback attempt, but uh, couldn't quite get the job done there. And I guess if there is one thing, and I know you mentioned with the fight coming up this weekend, although they're not going to have fans in the stand, the fans are kind of the winners here, people that can't afford to go to the fights anyhow, because they're going to get it on basically free TV. Not everybody has ESPN, but this isn't an ESPN, ESPN Plus or, or pay-per-view type situation. It's going to be on ESPN, so it's nice to see a, a nice fight on essentially free TV these days. Yes, and you know, Top Rank has done a fantastic job with this, uh, not just during the bubble, but even in the past. You know, When they signed their deal with ESPN a couple years ago, it gave you a chance to see Lomachenko and Terrence Crawford and Manny Pacquiao, and they have had uh, a couple of their fights on regular ESPN, and most of them have been ESPN Plus for a very minimal charge. What's five bucks a month or something like that for ESPN Plus? But you're right; uh, it takes you back to the days, and you have to go back a long time before you could see, you know, world championship fights. On regular television, ABC Wide World of Sports, maybe the CBS Sports Spectacular, really date myself here. But, you know, Sean Porter fought Keith Thurman. That was one of the, the first bring back ones that happened two years ago where they fought uh, on, on CBS. Uh, and then we uh, saw, you know, a couple other, you know, fights with uh, Premier Boxing on CBS as well, too. So it's nice. But uh, I'm telling you, Saturday night. If you haven't seen Lomachenko fight, and he's fought here in Vegas a couple times at the Cosmopolitan and in, in other venues here in Vegas as well, too. But what an exciting fighter. And Lopez is a guy who's from the United States, from Brooklyn. And this is, guy was in the Olympics. He's won his first 15 fights, and now he's going to get Lomachenko. And there's a, a lot of bad blood here between the families, most notably Lopez's father. We will talk to Bob Aram about that in a little bit. And uh, he'll uh, give us the whole backstory, but this is going to be one whale of a fight. We've got a great college football game coming Saturday night. We got Alabama and Georgia. When was the last time we seen Alabama a six point favorite? You got that, and then actually probably right after that game or right towards the second half, that's when Lomachenko and Lopez will take place on ESPN. So this is going to be a great. Great sports weekend. Yeah, and you mentioned how a lot of those fights are on ESPN+. Plus. By the way, you, you gave me a throwback with the old CBS Sports Spectacular. <laughs> I think that's the first time I saw Roberto Duran fight was on a CBS Sports Spectacular fight go. way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to this, uh, you wonder if maybe UFC has helped this fight be on regular ESPN because there's a UFC card on ESPN Plus on Saturday. So maybe that wasn't available. They already had it because they have all the fights at Fight Island and that. So it's kind of interesting that... Uh, MMA and UFC might be their own worst enemy by having this one on ESPN Plus because a bigger boxing match than this particular UFC card, at least in my opinion, is on the ESPN where more people can see it. So, uh, And I know some people say, well, you're either a boxing fan or you're MMA. That's total BS. 
You can like them both. I like them both. Maybe you lean more towards one. Certainly most people do have a preference one way or the other. But it's it's kind of interesting, too, because I wonder if there wasn't this UFC card, if maybe it would be on ESPN Plus or something else. But, again, it's not. And like you said, it's only like 5 bucks, but that's what the subscription and getting it every month. And so, uh, But, no, it's a, it, it's an exciting time. And it's it, it's also interesting, too, because, you know, people that don't like boxing or, or don't watch boxing all the time, they're always writing, well, boxing's done, boxing's dead, boxing's over, that and then you always have fights that get somebody else's interest or this that or the other so uh no it's it's exciting and hearing uh you know it, it's always exciting when a fight's in town but like you said without the fans in the stands and that it doesn't have that same vibe and everything you don't have the strip lighting up you don't have people flying from all over the place i mean what you're gonna fly all over the place to come and watch it in a bar when you can literally watch it on your recliner or your couch right. anywhere in the country? <laughs> right. You know the deal, and I remember being at that press conference when Bob Arum and ESPN they they announced this uh, a couple years back, where they were going into business together, and basically what that did, that agreement took HBO right out of the mix, and people thought that Showtime would be out of the mix as well too, and it did. It put HBO out of the boxing business because HBO was working a lot with Top Rank. They're working with De La Hoya, uh, Golden Boy Promotions, and, and a couple other promoters, and th- those basically dried up. So when Aram went and Top Rank went to ESPN, they agreed on they're going to have X amount of fights, and not only just X amount of fights on ESPN+, Plus, but they said, no, we are going to give the public, you know, these certain fights. And that's why we saw Manny Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford and Lomachenko on regular ESPN. So we can ask Bob Arum that, why is this one on ESPN versus ESPN Plus? we got to remember, they had the deal first. Arum, right. prior to the UFC, did too. Right, right. No, so no, I know that. That I... could maybe have, you know, trump something too. But you're right. This is great. This is great. Not for just boxing, for the boxing fans, fans, it works out great. It, it, it's great for the sports fan, too, who might be the casual boxing fan, to see two of the top fighters in the world that they really might not know too much about. Yeah, and also you're always going to get those questions during the fight. I'm sure we're going to hear about it to the lead-up of the fight, and then after the fight's over, depending on what the results are, okay, now where does each fighter go from this point on? Yeah. Who's next for each one of them? Where do they go? Where does it stack up? Where does it, you know, is there a bigger purse on the way? Do they now wait for the next fight to make sure that there are going to be fans in the sand? Like a few weeks ago when we talked to Showtime Sean Porter and he was in a, joined us at the Cosmopolitan and he mentioned, you know, that he was willing to take a fight in front of uh, an, an audience that basically wasn't there because for the fans and to keep himself sharp and all that, well, you know, how long is this going to continue on? When are they going to look for having fans again um we know that vegas right now is the fight capital of the world it always has been but is vegas going to essentially maybe start losing some fights as well down the road if they continue to not not allow fans in and other places let you have fans in like at jerry world or some other places that are saying well wait a second if they don't want to let fans in come on down here we'll let you put them in the stands yeah yeah and again it's just not vegas i mean you're not you, madison square garden isn't uh, holding fans in the state of new york other oh no places a, a, that, a lot are but yeah. there are a couple places yeah. that, and, and we see more places opening up yeah. and and that's one thing that's so confusing about all this stuff right now is because there's not a national mandate there's not something from the united states government or congress or the presidency or something like that every state is making up their own rules as we go right. along and we see that some of the most open states are the ones that are the biggest hotbeds right, right. now so right. there's no rhyme nor reason to it another point to mention when you mentioned we talked to sean porter at the cosmopolitan one of the questions we asked was what about your pay 
And remember, his pay got cut. All of these guys are not getting the same amount of money. Yeah, substantially. B- because you can't have that live gate. And we point to Wilder and Fury, and we'll talk to Bob Arum about that because there's news on that that just came out last couple of days as well, too. That was a $17 million gate, live gate at the MGM. That's just the live gate, not counting television, pay-per-view, any, you know, sponsors, endorsements, none of that, okay? So you have to have that to be able to pay these guys, and that's why we've talked about time and time again, you are not having the major fights right now because you have to have these fights in a, a, a building that holds at least a minimum of ten to 12,000, up to 18,000 fans, so you can be able to pay these fighters because a lot of fighters don't want anything to do with it. So Fury and Wilder, that news came out the other day. Bob Arum said, you know what? Wilder will not be Fury's next fight. And a lot of that has to do because, remember, that fight was supposed to be this summer here in Vegas. And then Bob said, December? Well, now probably it's not going to be December with fans. So we'll talk to him about that and get all that boxing news. Yeah, and I know that I'm bouncing around back and forth between yeah. MMA and boxing a little bit here, but on that same type, type, type of note there, we just saw today that Dana White came out and said that the McGregor fight, his next fight, will not be before January because of that same thing with the live gate. And if you've ever been to a UFC and or boxing press conference or something, I know the first thing Dana White says at every single after fight press conference, the, the, the post fight presser is here's the attendance, here was the live gate. Right. That's the first thing they announce. So they get it right out of the way. This is what we made tonight. This is how many people, how many butts were in the seat and how much we got from those butts in the seat. That doesn't count concessions and everything else and anything else that might have happened there. Obviously, it doesn't count pay per view numbers or nothing like that because that's going to be all down the road. That's what these guys are counting on here. Not on this one, to, uh, not on this card because it's a free ESPN card. So mm-hmm. you don't even have that pay per view audience and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is difficult and and we see it all the time one thing that dana's mentioned over and over again is how much money ufc has lost putting on these fight cards that's why when they have these cards at fight island they do like three four five in a row to try to at least maximize the potential of what they spent to get that thing over there and get everybody in the bubble and have card after card after card like when they do it here at the apex center in vegas they can go other places but they have that one location but yeah the live gate how some people think like well they make all their money on pay-per-view no they don't make all their money up here for you it's a big chunk that's taken out of the fighters and the undercard fighters and the referees and all the officials and everything else it's a big part like you said 17 million dollar gate take 17 million dollars out of almost any paycheck that's a substantial chunk even if you're floyd mayweather making 100 million dollars 17 million drops it down to 83 then you're still paying tax on that it's a, it's a nice chunk of change that yep. they're taking out of there. And we talked uh, last time Bobby Arum was on the show. We talked to him exactly about this. Like, how are you able to make money? He goes, yes, I'm definitely losing money because the there's only two revenue streams that they have right now in boxing, and that is the money that they got that they're getting from ESPN, and that's really the main revenue stream. And then they do have the beer sponsorships, you know, on the ring and the pads and that sort of thing because you'll see that signage. Those are the only two streams of revenue that you have right now. And again, you're missing the two, probably the two biggest is the live gate and uh, like you mentioned, pay-per-view. And so this weekend with ESPN, I mean, and again, ESPN signed that deal with Top Rank prior to the pandemic and ESPN is still on the hook for a good chunk of money. But still, yeah, in the promoter's game, I mean, this this is not ideal whatsoever because you have to get these fires to agree for a little bit less money. And I know with Lopez, this is his big shot. His, his big shot, he's been wanting to fight Lomachenko for a long time. And Aram said, you know what? I can't give you that money that we talked about you know, before, kid. But if you still want the fight, 
And then him and his dad said, you know, I realize that, but hey, it's not about the money right now. It's about a legacy. It's about making a name for myself because this guy's been relegated to basically be on co-main events with Lomachenko at Madison Square Garden and a couple other places. And, uh, and now this is his opportunity to knock Lomachenko off. He thinks he can. And if he can, then it'll work in his favor. But, you know, uh, Aram and Dana White, they're both fair men. They're, they're legendary in their own sport as promoters. Obviously, Aaron's been doing it a lot longer than White, but they're both just, they're gracious with these fighters. And like Bob said, hey, well, I'll make it up to you in the back end. And, and he's done that. Yeah, and it's a calculated risk yeah. by Lopez taking this fight because he knows that, yeah, if I win it, then there's going to be bigger paydays down the road, and when fans come back, I'm going to be there. If you lose it, well, you're kind of betting on yourself a little bit. We hear that term a lot in sports, and you hope it turns out for the best. So it, it, it should be fun. It will be interesting. You know, one thing that I'm actually looking forward to is it's going to be nice to watch an event on ESPN where they're actually going to be talking about the event the whole time and not interviewing <laughs> somebody else during the time because I have a feeling they're going to be going blow by blow during the rounds of the fight. But you know what we have seen before? They have visited with the trainer during the course oh, of yeah. the fight, too, of the first like minute or so, and I guess, I guess that's okay. But, but at but. least they still at least they still focus yeah. on the event that they're actually promoting and showing on the air. Yes, yes. Not completely ignoring it like it's background noise. Exactly. So we will be breaking down this fight a little bit with Bob Arum, and then Friday at the Cosmopolitan as well, too. So make sure that you tune in for that. But uh, it's a big fight, and uh, it's probably a good betting fight, too, as well, because you can make cases for Lomachenko and Lopez. Lomachenko's got the experience. Lopez has the power. He's the younger fighter, uh, taller fighter. Uh, he can bring it. But what you get with Vasily Lomachenko is that pure tactician, and there is no one better. But we've seen Lomachenko hit the canvas twice before in previous fights, and, and one just a couple fights ago at the Garden uh, against Linares where he came back and won. But uh, that's why this fight is so interesting. It's going to be good. And if you like action fights... You know, especially with the lighter weight guys, you're going to get it Saturday night. The other thing that you're going to get again, too, and if you haven't watched some of these fights since COVID's gone on, and you're going to watch this one because it is a bigger fight, there's something that you might notice that you haven't noticed before. You're going to hear the corners what they're saying. Oh, you're yes. going to hear the yeah. stuff going on. Because without the fan base there and stuff, it's a lot different dynamics and stuff. You might even hear one of the fighters hear another fighter's corner talk and take that and go, oh, or maybe even hear the announcers while they're announcing the fight say stuff. We saw that again in a UFC event where one of the guys was literally, he, he, he quit looking at the clock or whatever because he knew what the, was going on with the clock because of the announcers. And then he heard one of them saying how he was going for a, a rear naked choke and he immediately fought it off because he knew it was coming because he heard the announcers. So with these empty stadiums and that, there's also different dynamics as far as that goes because you basically hear everything. Yep, that is true. That is true. All right, good stuff. All right, speaking of Vegas, uh, we do have some breaking news that uh, has happened today. All right, this and this is huge. This is huge news because for longtime Las Vegans, we thought that this should have happened a long time ago, but it hasn't happened because we're dealing with the NCAA. Even though we've had Pac-12 tournaments, we've had WAC tournaments, we've had uh, you know the um, um, you know uh, the you know Gonzaga and USF and you know everything. The WCC tournament has been here. Finally, today it is announced by the NCAA that Las Vegas will get a chance to host an NCAA men's regional basketball tournament. It will be happening in 2023. It will be the first time ever. And I think you have to go back to 1991 where you had a women's regional in 1991 at the Thomas and Mack Center. But this is it. 
Finally, the NCAA is saying, you know what? We've kind of relaxed our sports wagering thoughts. Uh, and remember, th- they changed their policy that prevented states with sports wagering from hosting championships. Well, guess what? Just about everybody is, is now has sports wagering. I mean, you got half the states actually have it. So they finally came to their senses and they looked at the great uh, job that the WCC and the Pac-12 has done for, for years here in Vegas. So finally, huge news today that NCAA will host uh, men's regional basketball championship. Yeah, and that's great news. Uh, you go over to T-Mobile, check that out. I'm oh. sure there's still going to be all the conference tournaments there. And they also Vegas makes the most sense. It's got the most hotel rooms. It's got the best amenities. It's got the best restaurants. It has everything there for it. TV crews love to come out here. It's accessible to everything. They have a brand new building out there with the T-Mobile are still relatively new to do it. So, yeah, there's really no reason not to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I guess... Uh, Sad thing is that maybe it took this long, but you know what? It's nice to see them uh, finally get off their butt and do the right yeah. thing out there. And you're right. I, I remember when they used to play college basketball games and they had to play them at, I believe it was Valley High School, because it was the only because the other courts around in that weren't uh, sufficient for NCAA. They wouldn't even let them play in the casinos and that then. And then they started having maybe a wrestling tournament or something here at the MGM or something else. And little by little, they started going in, but they still had all the restrictions where the players can't walk through the casinos or they can't walk by a sports book or they can't use a cell phone or they can't now it's like you know what we can't beat this like you said and essentially even the states that don't have state betting in their state there's still sports betting available because of offshore and that kind of stuff you can bet sports anywhere on the planet and at a lot of events and i wonder how long this takes before we see it because we see it in tennis at the australian open and in 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 Asia and different places and that, where they literally have betting parlors right on the facilities. That might still be a little ways off for the basketball tournaments and that kind of right. stuff, but it's going to be happening yeah. out well, here. Well, you remember, it's gonna happen. because you were here when I was here when the arena football, you could bet the games at the Thomas and Max Center. They set up the portable stations. You could do that. Remember well, that? Well, at, at the yeah. Orleans, when they have the basketball tournaments right. there, you can walk to, to the, the sports, sports book. book. Now, right. you have to go from the Orleans Arena, so right. technically you're not in the same building, <laughs> right. but you're walking down the hallway but, in the concourse, which is essentially... An addition of the same building. But you have betting now at the Meadowlands, okay, basically at that facility. And uh, this news here, too, I don't know if you're aware of this, but by the spring, they're going to have betting stations at Wrigley Field. How crazy is that? I'm not, I'm not the surprised. hollowed ground of Wrigley Field. I know, but it's true. We're, we're, the, the, that is in the works. That's definitely happening by next spring or next summer. I'm not surprised by that. Again, Wimbledon has had betting on the, on the grounds forever. And, and if you've ever been to Wrigley Field, especially if you've sat in the bleachers, uh-huh. there's betting on every pitch. <laughs> you got that right. You know, now it's going to be legitimate betting where the state gets something back from them. People like to wager. Yeah. It's what they do. It's going to be in-game wagering, but literally on right. the premises now. The Green Ivy now joins the green grass of Wimbledon. Yeah. You know, it's hallowed halls can still change their what they do and what their MO is. And reap the rewards of the green money. Right there. Yes, it's all like, about the green. Holy cow. <laughs> Do they say the Benjamins? <laughs> Kids don't say the Benjamins anymore, right? That's actually outdated because that was a long time ago. There you go. So Las Vegas hosting NCAA Men's Regional 2023. And you and Brian Benowitz will be very happy to hear this news as well, too. That also includes the Frozen Four yes. in hockey in 2026. Yes. And Nevada will actually host 11 events, NCAA championship events. So Frozen Four. NCAA Men's Basketball Regional in 2023. Gotta love it. 
and, and, and that probably means that my best friend will come out here for that Frozen Four as well. One of his bucket list oh. things is to see the Frozen Four. There you go. You got it now. There you go. All right. When we come back, we will talk to the Hall of Fame promoter extraordinaire, Bob Arum, top-ranked boxing, as we talk Lomachenko Lopez next. Hey, this is Tyson Fury, a.k.a. the Gypsy King. And I'm here today ripping it up with T.C. Martin. All right. Tyson Fury's not here, but his promoter is. No doubt about it. Promoter extraordinaire and our very good friend, the Hall of Famer himself, Bob Arum, top-ranked boxing. Bob, what's going on, my man? Well, a little fight's going to happen this weekend here in Las Vegas. I mean, everybody is talking about it. Uh, it's Vasil uh, Lomachenko and Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, I mean, that is the a fight with the the great, probably the best technician in the sport, Lomachenko, seasoned fighter, the greatest amateur fighter of all time, and he's fighting this young man who lives here in Las Vegas, Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, who was blasted through the professional ranks, won the lightweight IBF title uh, by knocking out uh, a Comey, who was a very good fighter, Richard Comey. Uh, and, uh, and they're fighting uh, in the bubble uh, Saturday night. And uh, every fight fan should tune in and watch it. And no, I'm not going into your pockets. <laughs> because it's on ESPN, and you watch it for free. And I can't do better than free. You got that right, Bob. Great stuff. Bob Aram joined us as we are talking about Lomachenko and Lopez Saturday night. It is the marquee fight of the year. It's a highly anticipated fight. Bob, let me ask you, how did you decide to do this fight without fans and why at this time? Because I know we've talked about before, it's like, hey, some of these guys – you know, they, they command big paychecks, and you need the live gate to support that. But you're you're going out here, and you're getting all of America, all of the world, basically, to see this on free television for the most part. So what led to the decision for you to do that at this time? Well, we went to our friends at ESPN, and we said, look, here's what it'll cost. We have no live gate. Uh, and I'm reluctant uh, to do it on pay-per-view because so many uh, of our fellow Americans are suffering economically because of this pandemic. Uh, And they looked at the number, and they came back a week later, and they said, just do it. And I said, what do you mean, just do it? They said, well, we're going to put it on ESPN, and we're going to pay for it. So it was really thanks to uh, ESPN that uh, stepped up to the plate and enabled us to do the fight. Now, that being said, we've been building the fight for a year, and we're not going to make any money on the fight. Uh, But it is what it is during the pandemic. I think it would be ter- would have been terribly unfair to ask people to spend money uh, on a fight when uh, so many people can't even pay their rent or uh, 
buy groceries and put food on the table. Uh, so this was the right thing to do. And I, I really have to shout out uh, to ESPN for doing the right thing. Hey, Bob, we know that there's been some fights that have been on ESPN+. Plus. I know there's a UFC event on ESPN+, Plus on um, Saturday. Did that have anything to do with it, or did you just want it to be one way or another, regardless it was going to be on ESPN and be free for everyone? No, we wanted it to be on ESPN, uh, free for everyone, not on Plus, although Plus is practically free. It's four ninety nine a month. Uh, but, no, this is on... It'll be on Plus also, but people, you know, maybe not home, want to watch it on their uh, uh, device. Uh, But it will be on uh, ESPN for everybody who uh, is sitting in front of a television set. So, Bob, you know, this fight has had the buildup. You guys have been pushing it for about a year, but really it's kind of been in the works for about two years partly because of Lopez's father, who is also his trainer, calling out Lomachenko. And I remember, you know, we heard the story about him arguing actually with Lomachenko in, in person at a previous fight. Let's talk a little bit uh, about this and uh, the bad blood between the two camps. Uh, I don't know if it's bad blood. You see, Lomachenko is the consummate profession. You know, he has gone through... The amateur ranks, where for years he fought fighters and from all over the world. Uh, his father has trained him. He was the father was the trainer of the Ukraine team that won all the medals uh, in the London Olympics. Uh, and Lomachenko is the true professional. So when Lopez's father started mouthing off. Uh, Lomachenko didn't know what to do, uh, what to make of it. You know, he hadn't been used to that type of diatribe. But being the professional that he is, his father being the professional, I just think that it rolled off his back. I mean, I, I was with him a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him about it. Is it annoyed you or anything? And it doesn't appear to have even bothered him. You know, he has such confidence in his own ability. So he keeps saying, well, I'll show him in the ring. You know, that type of thing. So, no, I, you know, and and Loma won't do any trash talking. I mean, that is contrary to the way he's been brought up. Uh so the the dialogue has or has been particularly one way with uh, uh, Tiafimo Lopez's father carrying the ball, and uh, Tiafimo, as is his one, chiming in. But you know, Loma is just the consummate professional, and uh, he. It doesn't seem to have been affected by it. 
Bob, we know that there's some fighters out there right now that have trepidation about maybe getting in without the fans being in the stands. Maybe the purses aren't quite as big because there's not that live gate in that. Was there any trouble getting these guys to agree to this fight because of money or anything else? Or are these just two guys that like the fight and they are professional, like you said, so they just wanted to get it on and uh, put on a show for the fans? Well, both guys are getting bigger purses than they have ever gotten before. Now, would they have wanted a little extra? Yeah, sure. Uh, But, you know, it wasn't hard for me to explain to them, hey, guys, I don't have the opportunity and the time isn't right for pay-per-view and closed circuit. So those revenue streams are cut off. And I don't have a live gate. You know, given the importance of this fight, if it was here in Vegas uh, at the MGM Grand, it would have put 15,000 people in the seats, you know, and the gate would have been uh, four or five million dollars at least. Uh, or if the fight had been in New York, the same thing. Uh, but again, it is what it is. And the coronavirus has upset all of our lives. And. The fact that it has an impact on this fight uh, isn't the worst thing in the world because, number one, the fight is happening, and number two, this vast audience uh, is going to watch it without having uh, to pay any money, uh, which so many people don't have. Bob Aram joins us, the Hall of Fame promoter, as we get ready for Saturday night's bout at the MGM Convention Center. No fans, but a live television audience on ESPN, Lomachenko and Lopez on Saturday night. Bob, real quick, I want to get back to uh, what we talked about with with uh, Lopez Sr. and uh, you know his son. And you know the father has been very, very vocal. You've been around a long time. Uh, I want to shake your memory a little bit and give us some of uh, maybe the the toughest father son combos that maybe that you had to deal with or and because this is very popular with, with boxing we've seen a lot of fathers who have trained their sons and we go back you know way back when and then people remember Floyd Mayweather Senior training Floyd Junior for for quite some time as well too but I know that you've had to 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 deal with that element when you are representing a fighter uh, you got a story or two for us well yeah yeah the famous Zab Judah and his father always stirring up crap. And that's why almost every Zab Judah fight ended up uh, with a melee. Uh, you remember the when he fought Floyd? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a riot in the ring. Uh, sometimes the, the problem with the father being the corner man is it's their son. It's not just another another fighter. It's their son. And they get so emotional uh, that a lot of bad things happen. Uh, I I haven't seen that aspect uh, uh, yet or or at all from uh, Tiafimo's senior. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, the way he, he mouths off and, 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 so, and so forth, I mean, you know, you can either pay attention to it 
or or not. I, I, you know, I'm so used to it that it doesn't register with me anymore. And a guy like Lomachenko is never going to be upset with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, but um, uh, I think that uh, sometimes the father being in the corner is not a very good idea uh, for the sport. I talked to Bob Bennett today, and you know, of course, for our listeners, he is the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission and been on the program many, many times. And you know, I was talking to Bob. He said the fights that you have promoted during this pandemic have just been outstanding. He said literally second to none. And the lead-up for this fight has been very, very impressive with not just yourself, but you know your entire company, Brad Jacobs and everybody. Uh, how have you been able to do this, considering you're doing world title fights, national television, or really worldwide television, the MGM Grand, and everything that goes with it? Well, first I have to say, uh, you know, it wouldn't have been possible without the... Uh, work that the Nevada Athletic Commission has put into this. I mean, they have been with us uh, from the get-go when we uh, all worked together uh, to develop the bubble. Uh, You know, this state, and rightly so, and the governor has done a great job keeping us as safe as possible. And so we had to pass all the regulations uh, in the governor's office, but the Nevada Athletic Commission has really uh, been terrific uh, getting us through this period, and so has the MGM. I mean, they, they get, gave us their facilities, the convention center, uh, a whole floor at the MGM Grand. Uh, I can't uh, thank MGM enough their cooperation and then we had our coronavirus uh, Jim Mirren who is the former chairman of the MGM and now is retired but he has worked with us on uh, protocols uh, and all of that uh, that was necessary to make this happen so while we're happy to get some of the credit for the good fights and getting through this whole period, I, I think it wouldn't have been, I know it wouldn't have been possible without uh, Bob Bennett, Nevada Athletic Commission, uh, the governor's office, and the MGM, and Jim Merrick. Bob, when it comes to promoting fights, and you mentioned what a professional Lamachenko is and how he's not going to be trash-talking in that, is it easier for you when a guy is trash-talking and selling the wolf tickets and doing that? Or is it sometimes a little bit um, nicer to have a guy who is respectful of the profession and everything else and lets you do the job as a promoter and then he just does his job of going in the squared circle? Well, you know, the fighters are human. They all have their predilections. They all have the way they operate. I'm never going to make, even if I wanted to, uh, Lomachenko a trash talk. He's not. That's not his character. Uh, I would never uh, be able to make Tiafimo Lopez a stoic, professional fighter, because that's not what he is. 
He's very vocal, and he likes to tell people what he's thinking and what he believes, and that's his style, and I wouldn't want to hamper that style. So as a promoter, and I've learned in my well over 50 years doing this, you have to let the athlete be the athlete. You might guide them a little bit. You might tell them that they shouldn't say certain things or say them in a different way, but you don't change their personality because if you do, the public will pick up on the fact that it's phony. Would you say that if you were representing Conor McGregor? <laughs> well, no, I'd let Conor McGregor be Conor McGregor. <laughs> Dude, right, what else? Yeah. What else would I do? <laughs> Bob Aaron joins us. I couldn't stop him. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Dana can either. All right. So, Bob, how do you see this fight unfolding? This is a classic fight where a lot of people say, hey, Lopez is bigger. He's stronger. He's a younger fighter. Lomachenko is the perfect tactician. Uh, it's a great fight to really talk about and handicap. you got experience versus youth. Uh, give us your thoughts. How do you see the fight breaking down here? Well, Lopez's uh, boxing ability uh, hasn't been recognized to the extent that it should be. He's a very, very able pr- uh, practitioner in the ring, and he has that tremendous power. Uh, to take somebody out. Uh, And I think he's going to press early uh, to get to Lomachenko. And Lomachenko, uh, being the uh, great professional that he is, uh, will frustrate Lopez, uh, will uh, look uh, for... Uh, weaknesses in Lopez's arsenal, which he, Lomachenko, couldn't uh, uh, take advantage of. And Lomachenko will try to get Lopez into the later rounds, or as we like to say, into the deep water before he unleashes his arsenal and tries to stop Lopez. So I see a really interesting fight with ebbs and flows. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, if, if Lopez is to win, I think he's got to inflict damage and or knock uh, uh, Lomachenko out in the first half of the fight. And as far as Lomachenko is to probe Lopez for the weaknesses, take him into the deep water, and finish him off in the later rounds. So, Bob, you remember last time I asked you to make a prediction on this show? You know what happened. I mean, you were all over Tyson Fury. You called it over Deontay Wilder to the exact round. (laughs) So, you know, what you say is gospel, my friend. But right, but TC, you know, I ain't going to make a prediction on this because I promote both. Exactly. Fights. That's why I'm not going to ask yeah. you. That's why I want to yeah, see with how Tyson you. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm not going to ask you for that. But that's why I just uh, limited to how do you see the fight unfold. So very nicely done, my friend. Um, speaking of the Tyson Fury, 
You had said a couple days ago that the his next fight will not be against Deontay Wilder. Uh, explain to us what's happening with this situation. Well, we had, first of all, they, the contract uh, for the second fight and for the rematch, uh, was, was when it was negotiated, remember, no, neither side knew, we didn't know, we hoped uh, that our guy would be successful. And they believed uh, that the other side believed that Wilder would be successful. So a relatively short window was negotiated for the third fight to take place. The window ended in July. Uh, It was extended because of the injury uh, that Wilder had suffered to his bicep uh, till October. And then both sides agreed that we would do it on December 19th in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas to a limited audience. And we had worked with the Raiders, we worked with the state, and then uh, Fox, uh, which handles uh, PBC and Wilder, uh, and ESPN, which is our broadcaster and uh, uh, the broadcaster for Tyson Fury, both said you can't go on December 19th because there are five conference championships that day and night and two NFL games that day. And so it would be suicide to go on pay-per-view that day. Okay. So at that point, we said, well, give us alternate dates. And they came up with the end of January or the end of February. So we went to Tyson Fury. I went to Tyson Fury about it. I explained the situation. And he said, no, I'm going to fight in December. I'll fight in the U.K., uh, against a, a, a rated opponent. Uh, and then if I'm successful and Joshua is successful on December 12th against Pula, I want to go right to a Joshua fight. And so that's why the Wilder fight is not going to happen. Okay, great stuff. Unless, unless, unless my man Pula <laughs> shocks the world and and knocks out uh, Joshua, which could happen. It could happen, no doubt. It's heavyweight division. We've seen it before. We've seen Joshua on the wrong side of that before. So Absolutely. it can happen. All right, before we let you go, Bob, what is next for Terrence Crawford and some of your other marquee fighters? And more importantly, Bob, what's what's next for Las Vegas? When do you see us being able to get back to the MGM Grand, T-Mobile Arena, the Cosmopolitan, some of these other great sites here so we can have some live boxing? Well, that last question, I can't answer. My name is not Dr. Fauci. That's true. <laughs> I, I can't predict this coronavirus. I really believe there'll be a vaccine sometime uh, in the spring of next year. And, Fake news. Uh, and and, and I, I really don't envisage live boxing. 
vaccine the way we're used to it here in Las Vegas until we get the vaccine. Uh, so as far as Vegas is concerned, I don't know, it may not mean anything, but all the great fights are coming to Vegas. Uh, we have Lomachenko Lopez, uh, October 17th. Uh, we got a great fight October 31st, which is Halloween, where we have the monster from Japan in a week, uh, the, the bantamweight that destroys everybody, fighting this tough Australian, uh, Jason Maloney. Uh, and then in November, uh, mid-November, uh, Crawford uh, against Kel Brook. Uh, also in Las Vegas, and in December, boy, an unbelievable 130-pound world championship. Uh, Burchelt, the Mexican, against fellow Mexican, uh, Oscar Valdez, the former uh, featherweight champion. That's a hell of a lineup. It's a great unfortunately, lineup. <laughs> unfortunately, I can't use your airwaves to- to sell tickets. I know. I got no tickets to sell. We just have to drive them towards the television, though, Bob, I guess. That's what we'll have to do. So there you well, have it. Well, that's right. Yeah. But I'm glad because nobody has to pay. Yes. I mean, Crawford's fight is going to be free. I think Brichelle Valdez, it'll either be free on ESPN or on ESPN Plus, which now has about 12 million subscribers. We'll get it for nothing. And anybody who wants to uh, watch it. Uh, we'll, could subscribe to ESPN Plus if that's the way it goes, and it's only four ninety nine a month uh, and fifty dollars for the year. So that's it. That's it. Now we're into next year, and I still think we're going to do, be doing fights without spectators or without full arenas, <clears throat> and. I think it'll change by the spring and certainly uh, when we get to June and July. All right. Appreciate the update. But I don't know. Again, I don't know. I don't. don't take my prediction <laughs> on the coronavirus seriously because, you know, like the president, I know nothing about it. I was going to ask you, Bob, should we, you know, should we ask you who you're voting for while we're at it or what? Well, do I sound like a fairly intelligent guy? <laughs> oh, the answer would be yes. So if you got any kind of brains, you got to vote for Joe Biden because <laughs> because Donald Trump is a menace to this country. There it is. Spoken like the uh, the the true promoter and the lawyer that he is, and uh, tell it like it is. That's what I love about you, Bob. Tell it like it is. That's what's awesome. That's why I love having you on. Hey, TC. Good. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to watch the fight. You know I'll be watching it, my friend. Thank you very much. Take care. And Thank we'll... you. All right. See you soon. All right. Bob Arum, ladies and gentlemen, the Hall of Fame promoter. Uh, just one of my favorite guys. Has been ever since I moved here back in 1992. Uh, the guy is just, he's the greatest at what he does. He has no problem, you know, telling you what he's thinking, what his thoughts are. And again, you know, he'll give you a, a bold prediction too, especially when it, when one of his fighters is involved. But when both of his fighters are involved, he has to be professional, like the former lawyer that he is, 
and uh, take care of business. But uh, he's done a fantastic job uh, you know, doing these fights in the pandemic. We talked about earlier, Frank, about the ESPN shows, the free shows that were on twice a week during the all summer months. And those are some great cards. And now we've got uh, one of the best matchups uh, in a long, long time on on ESPN Saturday night. Yeah, and if I took out of that towards the end of that interview a couple things, that uh, on Halloween we have the monster against Jason. Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you can't beat that, right? It's a perfect Halloween type thing. Of course. And, and then when it comes to president, uh, don't vote for the unmasked man during the, the COVID uh, situation, according to Bob. Uh, I know he wanted to go there as well, too. So, uh, well, yeah, he went there without you prompting him. Exactly, yeah, because yeah. we were sitting there going, okay, should I, should I egg him up? Because I, I know I, I'm going to get some gold from him. And, and did, it was unabated to the quarterback, as I like to say. Yeah, absolutely. No flags on the play, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, I want to thank Bob Aaron for joining us again even if you're the casual boxing fan, you know, we talk a lot about boxing here, and we'll be hitting that Friday uh, at the Cosmopolitan as well. Vasily Lomachenko, 14-1, 10 knockouts. Again, over 300 fights, amateur career, just the, the most successful amateur of all time, and had a championship fight, you know, in his second pro fight. Uh, and then Tefilmo Lopez, 15-0, 12 knockouts. Uh, Lomachenko has been on the Lopez family radar for quite some time. They've been talking a lot of trash, a lot of smack. Can they back it up? you got to watch it Saturday night on ESPN. You know, when I asked Bob that question, too, about uh, is it easier or better to promote somebody who is a trash talker or not, I like how, like you said, the lawyer and him kind of danced around that a little bit. But do you think that it's because of the trash talking that Lopez has done on that? Did that help him get this fight eventually? It did. Uh, and it was, it was more than just the trash talk. It was, well, it was the two, personal stuff. It was the personal stuff, but it was, it was two guys in the same weight division who just had outstanding amateur pedigrees, and they just rose like wildfire early on in their pro careers. So everybody knew in the business that th- these guys were going to fight. But, how you know, these guys, you don't see, like, world championship fights like this with guys that have 15 fights. It's usually 20, 25, 30 fights, even beyond that. So, but what, what did this was, it was just great marketing by putting them on some of the same shows together. But Lopez's... His father, he's the one that stirred everything up here by boasting about his son and saying Lomachenko ain't the S-word and all this other stuff. And then he had a two-year plan. He had these T-shirts saying, uh, you know, the takeover. The takeover is on its way. And that started and that started. And Lopez Jr. followed in his dad's footsteps until the time they were at Madison Square Garden. And, you know, the dad was genuinely... Very first time he saw Lomachenko said, hey, we'd love to fight you someday, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And Lomo just gave him this look like, who in the heck are you? Yeah, you you're one yeah. of my undercard exactly. fighters. Exactly. And then so that's when Senior was like, wait a minute, I idolize this guy. Or maybe not idolize, but really look up to him, respect him. Then it all changed just like that. And then Lopez Senior said, oh, okay, you know, we're going to take it to you. My boy's going to kick your ass. And it got ugly, and it got ugly, and then it got to a point where top rank and Bob Arum had to say, "Don't go there, don't don't respond." Responded to Lopez Senior, and then he's even made his son mad. And we've seen this thing go south with uh, father son trainer fighter before too. Yeah. And then finally, he said, "Dad, you know you can't do this. You know you can't do this. This is not, we're not going to get this title fight like this." And then finally he goes out there and goes, you know, you know, before this, this fight, you got to go out there. you got to take care of business. He knocked Comey out in the first round. And uh, next thing he goes, I got your back, Dad. And now they're on to Lomachenko. 
Yeah. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. But, you know, sometimes to take out the trash, you got to talk a little bit of it. So what's going to happen if Lopez does lose? Then you want to see what happens here with, with the father and the son. Do you think this fight is bigger for one than the other as far as where they go in the fight after this one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This And again, with everyone getting a chance to see it and kind of whet the appetite, next one will be bigger, no doubt. Breaking news that we're hearing that Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID. Oh, yeah, that came out yesterday. It did. Oh, yeah. It, it keeps, the hits keep coming and coming. Oh, and by the way, the LSU-Florida game finally is postponed uh, to December the 12th because, what, uh, 19 Florida Gator players tested positive. Or maybe I saw it earlier this morning. Yeah. You know I don't really sleep, so it's hard That's to true. say. All right, I want to thank Bob Aaron for joining us. Ballpark Frank, we're back at it again tomorrow. Numbchuck, outstanding. Earthquake, you too. We're back at it. You miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. We'll catch you manana. At two. As Janice Joplin said, it's all the same blanking day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>